Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's sermon podcast. As we approach God's Word, let's take a prayerful breath. Breathe in, breathe out. Listen to God's Word this day. Holy God, our hope and strength, by the power of your Spirit, prepare the way of our weary hearts for the coming of your Word. Show us how a weary world can rejoice as we find joy and connection. Let us see the glorious signs of your promise fulfilled through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We turn to God's word this morning. Our first scripture is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Let's listen to God's word. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem. Herald of good tidings, lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. The second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Verse 24 through 45. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, This is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably upon me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. 
And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days Mary sent out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O holy God, our hope and our strength, by the power of your spirit, prepare the way of our weary hearts for the coming of your word. Show us how a weary world can rejoice as we find joy in connection. Let us see the glorious signs of your promise fulfilled through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Today we are gathering in the Advent season, and specifically today is the second Sunday of Advent. As I've already mentioned, our overarching theme for this Advent series is how does a weary world rejoice? It is our hope that as a community of faith that we answer this question together, that each week we provide encouragement and even instructions of how we, as part of this weary world, that we can rejoice. So how do we answer that question today? How does a weary world rejoice? We find joy in connection. We find joy in connection. There is immense power found in connections with others and the joy that we feel, the joy that it can bring, particularly in times when the world around us feels heavy with weariness. We find joy in connection. The Gospel of Luke, the story that we just heard from that Kim read to us, introduces us to Elizabeth and Mary. And this is a direct continuation of the story that we heard in worship last week. This story is about two women who are marked by divine intervention and interconnected by their familial ties. Both are faced with pregnancies that defy human understanding. Elizabeth conceives in her old age, and Mary, a virgin, is chosen to bear the Christ child. Despite the societal and generational differences that exist between them, there is a shared experience that unites them. This shared experience becomes a source of connectional joy and comfort, a beacon of light in their remarkable circumstances. As we started this passage this morning, we find Elizabeth secluded, pregnant in her old age after years of barrenness. We don't know why she chose to hide herself away, but we can imagine some of the questions that must have been swirling in her head. 
Does the Lord know how old I am? Why now, after all these years, am I blessed with a child? Has all these years of being childless filled me with shame and weariness? On the other side, we have Mary, a young woman newly pregnant and not yet married. She too must have had some questions. Does the Lord know how young I am? How can I rejoice in this unexpected pregnancy, especially when I'm not married? What am I to do? Well, we don't know how Elizabeth found out she was pregnant. After all, scripture tells us that the angels visited Zechariah with the news and then made him mute. We do hear about the angel sharing the good news with Mary. But Mary's initial reaction to the unexpected visit of the angel Gabriel was one of fear and confusion. She was troubled by the sudden announcement that she was highly favored and that the Lord was with her. In fact, Mary tells us, or in fact, Luke tells us that Mary's state of mind was even more troubled than Zechariah's. Luke employs the Greek word etaraxe to describe Zechariah's troubled state of mind. But Luke also uses the word diteraxe, a stronger form of the previous word to describe Mary's state of mind. Etaraxe simply means troubled. Zechariah was troubled. But diteraxe means greatly troubled. Mary was greatly troubled. This was a significant moment for Mary, and she had every reason to be greatly troubled by this unexpected visitor and the grand but vague announcement. She was in a vulnerable position, being young, female, and poor in a society that valued age and power. The stakes were high for Mary, as one wrong move could have severe consequences for her personal and family reputation. However, Mary's story stands out for the transformation she undergoes from her initial fear and trouble to a place of acceptance and affirmation of the angel's announcement. The angel Gabriel sought to reassure Mary and convince her to embrace her role as the divine carrier of Christ. He made ground, grand pronouncements about her favored status, the greatness of her son and his eternal kingdom. These pronouncements alone should have brought great joy to Mary. But interestingly, they did not fully reassure her or alleviate her anxiety. Because scripture tells us that Mary still had questions. How can this be? She asks, and the angel's response, assuring her of the power of the Most High and the divine nature of her offspring, was strong. But it still did not completely ease her doubts. But then in the same announcement that Mary's child will be the Son of God, the angel tells her, that Elizabeth is also pregnant. In the news of Elizabeth's miraculous conception, 
It was the news of Elizabeth's miraculous conception that finally convinced Mary to accept the angel's announcement of good news. The fact that it was her relative, someone she knew well, was also experiencing a similar situation, gave her the reassurance and support that she needed. Mary understood the importance of someone who would walk with her to share in her experience and to stand by her side during this uncertain journey. And even more so when Mary shows up at Elizabeth's door, something miraculous happens. When Mary greets Elizabeth, her relative and companion in unexpected motherhood, Elizabeth's child in her womb leaps for joy and she is filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Mary's fear gives way to joy. This joy is not just Elizabeth's. This joy is not just Mary's. This joy is shared. It is mutual. It is contagious. In that moment, joy bursts forth, not in isolation, but through connection. The two share a joy that only grows and expands from their connection. This shared joy between Mary and Elizabeth echoes the words of Brene Brown, who defines joy as an intense feeling of deep spiritual connection, pleasure, and appreciation. Brown tells us that joy is characterized by a connection with others, with God, with nature, or the universe. Similarly, in the Greek language of the New Testament, the word for happy or blessed is makarios, which suggests a state of good fortune or carefree living. Yet this is not the joy that is found in the passage. The joy we seek is not dependent on wealth or ease, but rather it is a joy born of connection. The word here, the Greek word for joy, is charo. And that is what we hold on to in our hearts as we journey through Advent. This is a type of joy that can be found in hardship, in uncertainty, in weariness, because it is a joy that comes and grows out of relationship. This is the joy that we are celebrating this Advent, a joy that is rooted in connection, a joy that grows in relationship, a joy that can flourish even in a weary world. The prophecy found in Isaiah 40 echoes the sentiments from Luke as we encounter another expression of connectional joy. The prophet Isaiah speaks words of comfort to a weary people in exile, promising them that their suffering will end, that they will return home. These words are a balm onto them, a soothing salve for a people wearied by oppression and loss. They offer comfort, but even more than that, they offer hope. And hope is a potent catalyst for joy. Just as Isaiah's words comforted the exiles, just as the words gave them hope, 
so too do we find comfort and hope in our connections with one another. We find joy in our shared experiences, in, the, in mutual support, in the simple and profound act of simply being with another, for being there for another. This is how a weary world rejoices. We witness weariness every day, both in our personal lives and in the lives of the people across the world. We think of those who are lonely or isolated, people who are grieving or those who are burdened by fear or uncertainty. We recognize that joy may feel elusive for many of us. Yet the stories of Elizabeth and Mary or the comforted exiles in Isaiah remind us that joy is not a a solitary endeavor. It is not something that we can muster on our own. Joy is not an isolated experience. Joy is something we share, something we create together, something we find in connection. When we cannot find joy within ourselves, we can draw from the joy of others. In the sharing of our joys, we multiply it. Joy expands within a community. For any of us, whenever facing difficult or unforeseen circumstances, when facing weariness, what matters most is having someone who will share in in that experience with us, to stand with us, and to walk alongside us. That is the essence of the incarnation, that God not only assures us of God's care, but that God also shares in us our human experience and journeys with us in our everyday lives. Jesus Christ, the incarnate God, the word made flesh, Emmanuel, or God with us, promises to always share in our experience, to stand with us, and walk alongside us. This Advent season, as a community of faith, I am asking you to embrace the incarnation that God is with us, walking with us in our joys and struggles. And because of our faith in a God who does that for us, we must do the same for others. This Advent season, embody the incarnation, and promise to walk with others in shared joys and struggles, both yours and theirs. As followers of the incarnate Christ, lift up the relationships you create and foster as holy endeavors with the most beloved of people, every relationship, every person. We are never alone in any of our struggles. We are part of a divine design, intricately connected with each other, with God, with the universe. And even in our own weariness, we can find joy in these connections because joy is always there. It is true. Joy is always there.
waiting to be discovered in the connections we share with one another, with God and the world around us. May we be open to this joy that comes from our connections with others. May we find comfort in the shared experiences of our community. And may we always hold space for each other's joy, just as Mary and Elizabeth did. And may this shared connectional joy be a light onto our path, guiding us through the weariness of our world and into the hope and peace in the coming of Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's sermon podcast. We hope you'll join us for worship on Sunday morning. For more information about our congregation and our ministries, please contact the church office. Now go in peace.